Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about bow totes? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Atheist Roundtable. I know I've been away for a while, but I'm back. I'm back here to talk to you. I'm talking to you because you like the Atheist Roundtable. And if you really like the Atheist Roundtable, you should go to the Facebook fan page and there like the Atheist Roundtable so you can get access to exclusive pre-shows where I ramble on for a few extra minutes on at the beginning of the show. This entire show is always going to be a kind of flow of consciousness kind of show because that's what I like to do. What I need to do once a week is just come on the air and rattle off my thoughts to you, my friends, and I get really super friendly on the Facebook feed in the pre-show that you can get access to by liking the fan page on Facebook. Also, if you really like the show, go to iTunes, leave me your oh-so-coveted five-star reviews. You know, I think that five-star reviews are definitely better than four-star reviews. Yes. You know, I wasn't always an atheist, an atheist, right? Like a lot of people, I used to be a believer. When I was a believer, and I, was, I became really, really interested in being able to prove to other people that I believed the right thing for good reason, right? This was part of my journey away from faith. But at the time, I thought it was really strengthening my faith, right? When I was going through and looking at all the different apologetics for the first time, I really honestly thought that what I was doing was strengthening my faith in God, my faith in Jesus. All of these things were getting stronger as I looked at the cosmological argument, as I looked at the ontological argument. All of these things made me so much more convinced that God was real when I looked at them, right? So much more convinced that God was in my life and making changes and doing magnificent, wonderful things, right? All of those things were so true. I found most convincing, and this might surprise you, the thing I found most convincing was the teleological argument. It's also called the argument from design. You might be familiar with it, right? It's the argument that says that the universe is so finely tuned for life that the, the odds of it just popping into being are so infinitesimally small that it can't possibly be just popping into being, right? Something, someone had to design this universe in order to make this universe the way that it is today, right? We have so many natural laws that must be inscribed somehow into our universal blueprint, right? We have so many cosmic laws that must be written down somewhere that it couldn't just happen 
that way. It must have been designed that way. Look at the universe, and you'll see order there, right? Look at our solar system, and it's organized with a big honking sun in the middle and a bunch of planets and stuff spinning around it, right? It's all not just willy-nilly here and there. There's an order to it, and we can use science to not only predict, to, to, to explain why certain planets are where they are in our circle, in our solar system, and we can extrapolate that to where other planets should be in other solar systems, right? There is order to how things work. There's a way that electricity works when these photons come from this light and hit my ugly mug and then go through that camera and turn into electrical signals, right? There's, there's rules as to how all those things interact with each other. And how could that husk just pop into being? How could that blow the entire universe has been designed with humans in mind? It's as though the entire universe has been set into motion and things have been placed, things like the sun, things like the moon, things like Jupiter being where it is in our solar system that all seem dedicated to producing human life on Earth. Um, people would tell me that I should look at the eye, right? Look at they tell me I should look at my eyes and that no camera has ever been designed that's as dated as the eye. Or it's like DNA, right? It's a computer code. Look how complex that computer code This complexity demands a designer. I was really convinced by this. This is, this is evidential apologetics. Right? This is something that we can at least look at and on its surface see the evidence that the argument's talking about. I can see an eye, and I can certainly understand how the solar system works, and I get how gravity and all these other natural laws work. And there are a lot of natural laws that we can go, in, go and explore um, if you're so inclined to do so. Every single one of these can be boiled down to a mathematical equation. It's super convincing because it's all right there. It's super convincing when you need to be convinced, right? It's super convincing when the whole point of arguing this argument is to be convinced by it. That's, that's what I think apologetics really boil down to. They're statements or arguments, right, that are not there to convince you that God exists, right? They're there to convince you that you believe in God for reasonable reasons, that the reasons that you hold for believing in God are reasonable, right? And in order to do that, two things, two things... <laughs> I was holding up three fingers. If you're listening to the podcast in audio format, 
you will not get the joke of me just holding up three fingers. Two things have to be totally true. First thing is that you have to believe in God, right? You already have to believe in God, right? And you, your, your belief in God may not be totally solid, right, here or there, right? But the point is that you already have a solid God belief in place. And then all you need for thing number two, double-check that time, all you need for thing number two is, a, is the desire for your beliefs be held for good reasons. We all want our beliefs to be held for good reasons, don't we? We all want to think that we're believing the right thing for the right reasons. That, that's good skepticism. That's good thinking. That's, that's just great. Apologetics are there so that we can convince you that bad thinking is being held for good reasons. Right? This is a good reason to believe that God exists. I wish it were. You know? I really do. I wish that the teleological argument really did hold weight. I wish that it actually did point, people, point me in the direction of a God. You know, one of the reasons, I think, well, at least for me, when I was a believer, when I was looking into apologetics, I was doing it so that I could stay convinced that God was real. I was doing it so that I could remain a believer. I didn't do it to become an atheist. Becoming an atheist was the opposite of my goal. So it convinced me for a long time, for a really long time, to go out and look at the complexity of all of the things and see that they are complex and figure that this complexity demanded a designer and that designer was therefore God. That all I needed to do acknowledge that complexity and God was reasonable. A belief in God was reasonable. Now, you already know the objections to the teleological argument, right? You already know that if complexity demands a designer, how much more complex must the designer be? Does that complexity not also demand a designer? If it does, is it not turtles all the way down? If everything has design, then we can't recognize, then how do we recognize design in objects? Right? If everything's designed, how can we ever recognize any design? Because everything's designed. Right? Some people will use the analogy of a pocket watch, right? uh, some timekeeping device. Right? This is obviously designed. This watch demands a watchmaker. Well, but if you think that God has designed everything, you look at a rock, you Where's, you know, that what you're saying is that you see the same design elements in this rock as you do in this watch, between a pocket watch and a big rock, right? Boulder, watch, not the same. I think that's pretty easy. So, and so it, it falls apart awfully fast. 
it falls apart fast, and then it leads you to some other apologetic you're going to have to use if you want to maintain your God belief. And if you were me, that's when I was convinced that the teleological was a, and then you realize that it's not a good sound argument, then you definitely need to move on to the next apologetic argument, right? Which for me was the cosmological. I don't know if I'll do another thing about the cosmological. Look, if you want to know more about counter-apologetics, I'd actually recommend the bar room. I think the Barroom Atheist has the best counter-agetic uh, segment in any podcast uh, that, I, that I've heard. Bill Robbins does an amazing job of breaking down uh, the counter-apologetic for every apologetic that you've heard, and then a couple of extra for good measure. Now, you will have to go back into their archives, right? And you'll, you will have to catch a few. If you catch some of the early ones, early counter-apologetic segments back when... Uh, co-host Susie was still sort of a believer and kind of coming out of her believer shell, right? Catch some of those early ones. You'll hear Susie asking a lot of the questions that every believer ever has ever asked. And Bill tackling those with compassion and patience the way that he does, well, especially for his wife, but and maybe not so much for in real life, but with also with intelligence and wit uh, that, that I think are second to me. So that's my long, uh, you should go listen to the barroom atheist plug, uh, uh, because they just do it better than I will. Okay? But this show is about why the teleological argument held me for so long. It's really because I wanted it. Because I needed it. Because I wanted to keep my God beliefs for as long as possible. Because I wanted to rationalize it. And isn't that really what apologetics are all about? Who has ever been convinced that God exists because they hear the word? I wager nobody. Nobody gets convinced because they heard these arguments. They're just not that good. <laughs> They're really not. If there were a good argument for the existence of God, all these other bad arguments would immediately disappear. And that would be the only argument. Damn. Sorry. Technical difficulties. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I have a bad habit of talking with my hands. I have a bad habit of talking with my hands, and when I do this podcast, I put on these earphones, this little microphone here. Point is, sometimes I wave my hands around, and I throw my phone across the podcasting closet, all right? Sometimes that happens, and it might just, just happen. So go ahead. Get all your laughs out, all right? I caught the clumsy guy. Fine. No problem. I'm used to it. Anyway, that's what I got. That's my story. Those are the things. Now that I've done throwing my phone to the floor, I'm uh, not entirely sure if I'm still broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio or not. It looks like I'm broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to say that I. I'm going to say that this is still. Working. 
I didn't get the uh, Google Hangout thing to work at all. Um, I'm going to give it a try again one day, but couldn't get that thing to work last time and couldn't get it to pull up at all tonight. This uh, just didn't work out. If you guys have suggestions, y'all should send them my way because um, I'm dumb. All right? That's what I'm doing. And, uh, use the time. I mean, advice specifically for me. Unsolicited advice. So I'm asking. Oh, no, wait. So I'm asking for it. That means it's solicited or it's no longer unsolicited. Never mind. Look, thing is that when I screw up, I expect you all to correct things for me so, uh, so I don't have to do all that work. All right? Laziness. That is one of the things that uh, I want to exude. Want to exude a lot of laziness. That's definitely something. You know, this is the part of the show where I probably should just go ahead and wrap things up. Because I'm distracting myself enough that I'm not going to get my train of thought back. That's just not happening. So that's what I'm going to do. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for listening to me. You guys are freaking awesome. Keep doing this show. Except to say that what I want to do is thank you for joining me every time you join me and compliment your immense generosity with your time for spending spending that time with me. So I'm going to sign off on Blog Talk Radio. Then I'll sign off on Facebook. Take care of yourselves because God isn't here. No, there's God. We are. We're here. We should take care of each other. Don't we? We will. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves.